Like, I mean, I think that's why that's why we have such strict rules about what we what actually makes it to the final cut of this podcast yeah because we want to be able to have lives outside of here i don't want you guys to be knowing everything about me it's okay you know the mysteriousness is good it makes the heart grow fonder i like some anonymity i like privacy i do not like attention at all somehow i agreed to being on a podcast well that what do you mean agreed (laughs) you are the one who said that we should do i know it was a joint it was a joint effort i know but as somebody who doesn't like attention it is confusing like why are you doing this but it's just like we've had the privilege of growing up before social media really started taking a toll on people's lives like we had a childhood before all of that really happened and we're really yeah. fortunate for that so we can at least take a more objective view and a more like philosophical view on how it's affecting people than some other people younger than us or some people in our, some people our age who grew up in like the US for example but mm. like it's painful to watch these kids who now don't have a say in whether they can have a private life that's what hurts the most i think it just people people forget how how bad you are as a child like there's just so much like toxic things that you do and say like as a kid as an like honestly even still as an adult that not to say like i feel like part of me is like god am i giving racists an out and i don't think i am but i think that sometimes (laughs) you just don't need to put it on the internet bro yeah you can just say that thing to your friend group and have it be that yeah. Like not everything needs to hit. That's why I hate Twitter. That's yep. why that's why I think like maybe this podcast might have a Twitter, but I don't think I personally will just because I don't like the idea or even like I see it in movies sometimes and I've also seen this in real life, but I feel like this is one of those like art life was imitating art mm-hmm. moments of you keep seeing like oh my gosh, I'm just so sad and so I'm going to tweet what's wrong with men these days? Oh or God. What, a, what, what is it going to take to just like have a, to share a good meal with somebody or can't somebody have some decent conversation? You're just so in your feelings. Right. We have to get this thing and put it out there. And it's, again, it's, this is not me abusing anybody with Twitter, <laughs> but I feel like it's a very, for me at least is a very slippery slope between like, Oh man, I just have this thought. I need to, can you not John know? That's, that's really, you know, it's, it's really you know, giving the energy of somebody who has the privilege of Twitter never being taken away from them. So, (laughs) (laughs) like, it's different when if you're like you know a business or an organization, or you have a reason why you're like having your Twitter. But for personal Twitters, for me, it's just like it just gets to be a little bit too slippery with how much of my life I'm inviting people into, even if it's just like a subtweet. Yeah. Versus like just you know getting an emotion out there, because it's like. Sometimes, like, you can get the emotion out to just some friends and just do it quietly. Because the thing is that a lot of the things that you are going to say, because we are people who are striving to learn and grow and you're making mistakes, you're going to say something really messed up. Yeah. And it's good to do that in a place where there are no cameras, there's no Snapchat, there's no somebody tweeting it. And then what? You know? And then you just live your life. <laughs> and you just move exactly. on. You, had, you, you said something really messed up. Maybe your friend checked you. Maybe they laughed. And, and then you, move you just on. move. Why can't and we just have moments like that? Why can't we just live life without getting reactions? The idea behind a content house 
makes so much sense especially because i mean that's what a lot of the bigger podcasters are doing right mm-hmm. now they're collaborating with other podcasters they're having like if they notice that you have a like a similar fan base or like your fan base is intertwined where like um i know that whole uh, horrible decisions has done a lot of stuff with like the new rory and mall podcast because um i know that both mandy is mandy and weezy are friends with both rory and mall Mm -hmm. already yeah they're all in the same like aren't they all in the same um production network or they were at some point before like horrible broke off um, no, because Horrible is part of the Black Effect Network. Horrible is the Black Effect Network. Mm-hmm. Um, then, no, they were genuinely just friends. Yeah. Because like, they're also all, like, New York natives. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they'll comment on each other's stuff on Instagram. People are like, oh, my gosh, you guys should collab. You know, yeah. we would love to see, like, the dynamic when you guys are just, like, hanging out. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing, like, a lot of that kind of happen where you're seeing, right. like, similar friend groups pop up. Mm-hmm. And I think with the Hype House, what makes it so cool is that, like, people, like, Weezy them dead net thetties. Yeah, so, that's true. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. It makes they're more old, sense. <laughs> older. Like it, not old, yeah, but. it makes more sense that they would do something like that. But for young kids to kind of like see that pattern and pick it up and make it basically become millionaires. Yeah, and live in a house like, as opposed to just like collabing onto episodes. Yeah, I do see. What yeah, it's a very cool concept that they were able to pull off. When, even though it was for I don't I don't actually don't know if the house is still around. It might but be. It seems, it might be from the way the documentary ended, but I didn't care enough to find out all that. Yeah, I think I think I'll give it a based on your recommendations. I think I'll I'll watch it. I'll give it a try. I'll give it a chance. It's episodal, right? It's not like one two-hour yeah. documentary, right? It's like episodes. Of- it's like eight episodes or something. Okay. It's a nice little little watch. Nice. I don't. I don't see. I genuinely don't see another way we're going to get back to this topic. So well, I mean, we could do a very drastic the, <laughs> transition. Yeah. No transition at all. Welcome to the Abed Podcast. Welcome to the Abed Podcast and into the final of our three part series about yes. talking about fine and ugly babes and how they move through the world and the finding and the uglying. Are you tired? We're tired of talking about it. So fucking That's tired. why this is the final episode. After I did I, this, I genuinely want to take a break from, from, from talking about this subject. But also, I feel like this is a, it's, it's a good stopping point after this. Mm-hmm. But like the first two episodes. Uh, oh, you did the recap last time. Let me do the recap. Yeah, you can go ahead. Time. You can do the recap. So if you haven't listened to the other two episodes in this series which you should mugu go and listen and then come back does that even make sense to show up for part three i just don't understand i really don't understand you can't just pick your favorite songs and go to the playlist that's not what this is this is like people who like pick the cheese off their pizza god forbid exactly what kind of rubbish that's not pizza (laughs) exactly that's bread go listen to part one and two eat your goddamn cheese and your goddamn pizza that's bread, that's bread and stew. That's what that is. Oh, my God. <laughs> bread and Which, stew. <laughs> first of all, before we even get into back into this um, recap, bread and stew is a delicious. Man. I used to, I used to, man. Man. I just got a blender. I got a blender for Christmas. So I finally was able to make stew at home. 
Yes. And, oh my god. The first day I made the stew. I made fried stew, like proper fried mm-hmm. stew and everything. Yeah, yeah. Although I didn't have um I didn't have the proper I didn't have the right oil I needed. So I actually ended up making it with like coconut oil. But somehow it still slapped. Esther, tell me how I brought bread. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should have bright bread and stew because I was gonna boil rice and then I was like, no, let me do bread. No. It just I was dreaming about that bread as you for like two, three days after. It's like, so good. It's so <laughs> like I don't it even. So good. It doesn't even make sense. Is the way that the bread will sop up the stew. Mm-hmm. It just and soaks the up the flavor. Ah. And then if you eat it with plantain, ah, plantain mm-hmm. and stew. Are you joking? Plantain and stew. That's, that's game over. The, that's game that's over. That's for the the wealthy and the people who like to cook. Bread and stew is bro. I, I have some stew. I don't feel like boiling rice. I don't feel like really doing anything, but I'm hungry. Bread and stew. Bread and stew. Bread and stew is that's probably the, the American, answer to the mystery of life. Americans, if you're wondering, what is bread and stew? Bread and stew for you guys, that's a tomato soup with a grilled cheese. Oh, God. <laughs> don't dumb it down like that. It is not the same. It is a level if above we, that. It's a level above. It's several levels above Multiple that. levels but, above that because you don't even need I, the I, cheese. You, you don't, don't even, even need, need the cheese. You don't even need. You don't even need to like just, caramelize the bread. The bread doesn't even need to toast. You don't even need to toast the bread. The bread doesn't even you need to toast. Need to toast. It is just <laughs> simply bread. And I see. Sk- it's, oh. it's better if you don't even toast the bread, oh so that God. it can properly sop up the flavor. Man, just stew. Stew is a, a miracle changing food. A miracle. Sorry, miracle walking food. A life changing food. <laughs> a miracle. <laughs> I think stew. Okay. Cure, stew probably cured my depression. Anyway, keep going. But back to this recap. The first episode, which if you haven't listened to, don't know why you would do that to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, we, let me not say we. I don't believe that it is we. I believe it is I. Mm. I came out as a self-proclaimed ugly babes. Um, that's unconventionally attractive, girl. Oh, my God. For those not you, you doing my voice. That's for the people who want to come and say, oh, you're not an ugly babe. Oh, I don't consider myself an ugly babe. Maybe that's just you. That's what we mean by ugly babes out here. Doesn't yeah, ugly babes just rule off the tongue a little bit nicer? Yeah. But by ugly babes, we mean unconventionally attractive girls and or guys. So we talked about how I am a self-proclaimed ugly babe and the privileges that come. You didn't know about them. That's why we're here. We're here to educate you, teach you the things and, you know, mm-hmm. show you the ones and twos. So we spent the first episode just talking about how beneficial it can be to be in that camp and how much it grows who you are as a person and how i think more self-assured i have and we have become just by not necessarily being the object of everybody's affection Mm -hmm. initially in life Mm -hmm. then episode two still from an ugly babe's perspective we then talked about we felt bad for you fine folks for you fine babes out there you're always complaining about how it's not nice to be in your camp and in the past, we did not want to hear you. We did not even want to smell that thing coming from your mouth. But we, You're not nice. because the Holy Spirit had convicted me and said, look, when I say to love everybody, that does not just mean the people that is convenient to love. You need to love the people who are also not convenient to love. Oh, my God. In yesterday- <laughs> Why are you dragging pretty people like this? <laughs> <laughs> which in that case was all of you fine babes so we took the episode to i think have a like a solid list of ways we think that it could we from you know an ugly babes perspective could see how detrimental it could be to be on the pretty girl side of things 
Um, we also, you know, we had some feedback from you guys. You know, thank you for interacting with us. Thank you for, you know, letting us know that you want to hear what we have to say about this subject. It's much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Now, in this in this episode, we're putting I'm putting my pretty girl goggles on. Oh, I'm going to pretend like I'm a fine babe. Like, you can't catch me. You can't even touch me. Please. So I lost my voice, and clearly Esther's decided that this is now her week to do the white girl voice instead of me. Is that what's going um, on? Is it because my I, voice this, is impaired? Do you feel like you have to make up for it? This voice is here all the time. Okay? I would like, I would, you know, back to uh, not being Nigerian enough episode. The, my voices are many. Let me just put it to you this way, listeners. I'm a crazy person. All of these voices... <laughs> are very distinct personalities that live in my brain. And by virtue of not having the video elements, that's, you know, we're just giving you audio, you get to really see or hear here. in mm. your... Come on. The crazy that goes up on here. Sometimes, you know, we're giving you like this. We're throwing out our periods. We're throwing out our purse, you know. Um, I learned... <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. I just... I learned... I am so glad. In fact... That's where, this is my last segue. I promise we're going to get to the topic today. <laughs> I, I, I am so happy and proud of myself. I believe that I am truly growing up and growing out of a phase where I need to be, I need to be dialed into the cultural moment at every moment. Right. Um, I was on Instagram Reels the other day, not TikTok, because I do not have an account. And there was some girl doing makeup something and okay she said uh she said like he told me throw it back about and it's like is that the right way and then it like you know she it turned to her with her full beats and then some song was like he told me throw it back about the back about i was like what is a about me too i'm confused now i let me tell you did you look this term, up when i looked it up oh god urban dictionary did not even it, it didn't have it, an explanation for me. Oh, yeah. I, so I was like, okay. First, I googled Abao. <laughs> you didn't look up the lyrics first? Because <laughs> I was like, maybe it's obvious. Because in my mind, I was like, maybe this is the time where I slowly just lose my pulse on the culture. Oh, no. So it's probably already out there. So I just looked up Abao. How to spell Abao? Only God knows. I first tried a bowel, like bowel movement. Oh God! I tried a bowel, like a bow, but bowel. You know, maybe it's you know onomatopoetic. Then I still know things. Then I then fully typed it, and he told me throw it back mm-hmm. a bowel. It did not help my search oh, anymore. Oh God! <laughs> Let me look it. So Let me confused. even Google it again. I am so, so confused. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. Urban Dictionary, they finally have addition. So, first of all, a bow is spelt A B O W W W. Uh uh. Yes. Okay. And the, what does it the, mean? <laughs> I'm afraid. They're like, so definition one is the new period. And then. Like it's the new like period, and then the with the sentence being "girl, I just got my hair done." A bow. Oh my god. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a correct definition to oh me. Oh my god. So I, as I keep scrolling, 
It was like, a bow is a slang typically used by females, which means my vagina stinks or I don't shower correctly. Stop. 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 That's a lie. That's a bloody lie. That's is a it lie. True? That is a is lie. True? That is a lie. It's, that is a true? bloody lie. It, Google a bow. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. Three W's. I don't want to. Then that then so what you just described me. I would not like to look it up. He told me throw it back. A bow. My God. Which first of all, why are you attaching a name to certain parts of you smelling? I don't know if that's what she's saying though, right? I don't think that's what she's saying. I continue to scroll. That meaning? A bow. Oh no. Your pussy stinks, Ashley. She told me throw it back. A bow. And so Alex says, so your pussy stinks? And then someone also said that it means period. As in like, I thought you ate. A bow. He told me my ass fat. A bow. A bow. A bow. I mean, I feel like it so- kind of sounds like, bow, like bam, like bow. You know what I mean? Like I pow. thought it was unomatopoeic. It sounds like a pow. Yeah, yes. like pow. That's exactly how I was thinking. That would make sense. If, the, if it means like period, I get it. If it means like, yeah. Okay. But something the second meaning me does not make word. sense. The second Someone meaning does not me, make sense. Ah, uh, about females who use the word about are usually using it because they are built like a bowl. Stop. And this. How do you? How are you built like a bowl? No one is born concave, or is it convex? <laughs> they, they mean that you're you're rotund. Oh you're God. Around, you're built like a bowl and have sexual parts that smell like SeaWorld. Oh my God. Which hurtful. I just what? Esther, how did we get here? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever watched Rick and Morty? (laughs) I just started. They they're on HBO. I just started watching it. All of it. I just say it to say that uh thank you, young people of today, for aging me Mm. and for for removing me from the pulse of the culture i genuinely do appreciate it i don't want to be there again Mm -hmm. i want to start slowly making my way to anti-status and if the if you know the first if about is the first of many slangs that i will not understand then so be it i lost i i gave up on that a long time ago okay i've been an old person (laughs) since i was 12 the young people they always know how to make it so you want to say it. About, that's why it needs to be onomatopoetic because it sounds great. Uh-huh. This is something I want to say several times, but I have no context. But yes, that had nothing to do with today's topic. I yes. just, I really wanted to mention it. But yes. I beg. I beg. I beg. I'm putting on my pretty girl goggles today. I'm doing it. I'm seeing things from your lenses. Before, you know, we were going from the ugly babes experience. Just, you know, a, a, a good way to know which lens that, you know, we're speaking from. A fine babes experience. Remember, you Lagos people. You know this, Americans, you may or may not know this. When you're in the club and you see a fine babe and she's holding her cup and she's barely moving, but for her, she's busting it down. Mm-hmm. You know, she's mm-hmm. giving you like a cute little two-step. Maybe her hair is swinging. The drink is right here with her elbow locked into mm. her body. The drink perpendicular to her, you know, normal to her body. And she's there and she's holding it. And she's just giving you like a cute little sway mm-hmm. versus the ugly girls, the one giving you a full eight count, you know, sweating, wearing slippers inside the club. 
And so today I'm coming from the spirit of a pretty girl and all of my pretty girl friends to give you this perspective. We're going to give you essentially the same things. We're going to talk about ugly girl privileges. We're going to talk about pretty girl pitfalls. But I think like before I was giving it from the perspective of an ugly babe. And today I'm going to put on my pretty girl goggles and give you the real tea. Why does your pretty girl voice sound like a white girl named Amanda? I was raised in Connecticut. That's why I did my boarding school. So there's a certain aesthetic with the kind of girl I'm going for. You know, she's Mm -hmm. giving you long hair that's always curled. She's giving you um, a light beat, but the beat is there every day. Good. She probably probably has those long riding boots. Um, (laughs) But she is not... She's probably never been around a horse. She's probably allergic to a horse. That doesn't matter. It's not like you're describing a Bratz doll. <laughs> I am, essentially. Oh, God. That's the energy that I'm coming for today. That's the spirit with which I would like to approach these same two topics that we've already covered. I think that the first thing that we should probably do is check in with our listeners and mm-hmm. friends. I think that they had some really valued, valued, hmm. valued English. Um, contributions as to just what it means to have pretty pitfalls a little bit more of the detriment it is to just like have all of this beauty and have so many people wanting you and wanting to be around you you're gonna do this voice the whole episode huh absolutely oh my god okay maria Uh (laughs) uh d please start us off you know I think that our listeners just had such great comments. Yeah, I mean, so when I posted those questions, it was wild how many responses I got from... Also, apologies, I lost my voice, so I sound a little raspy today. I know it's hot. I'm very aware. But... (laughs) But, um, yeah, so people had a wide range of responses, all positive feedback, if that makes sense, but, like, very critical responses to what pretty privilege versus pretty downfalls versus ugly privilege versus ugly downfalls like i didn't even ask in part what i specifically asked was pretty privilege and ugly privilege and people gave a lot of depth of answers um i mean from this perspective of you know being pretty like one of the main things we heard about like pretty privilege has to do with like jobs getting hired but mostly just about perception and how other people interact with you based on the fact that they perceive you as x y and z because you're pretty right Mm. and so one listener said like quote people tend to think pretty people are more qualified for jobs or trustworthy and there is like some like research um about this about how people do trust like a more attractive face but it's a little bit wild yeah it's the halo effect right so it's a bit wild that like just because we want to fuck somebody we're like "Mm, i trust you more when in reality it's the attractive fuck boys who like will leave you on red and never speak to you again and then refer to you behind your back to their friends as "Mm, that hot black girl and then just like ghost you and never speak to you again not that that's coming from your experience but (laughs) (laughs) often when it comes to jobs we you are often having to go back and forth as a pretty person and ask yourself is somebody helping me out or are they promoting my ideas because they think that they have a better chance of getting on my good side or do i actually have a good idea right and then it kind of sorry go ahead no just yeah because i'm used to getting that external validation from people so it's hard to know like 
from a more social perspective, is this coming from a place of someone who wants to just be my friend and be around me and, and see like all of the benefits that there that come with that? Or is my idea just a good fucking idea? Like, is right. this just a valid point and something that should actually be implemented? Mm-hmm. It also ties back to something we talked about um, in the last episode where people assume that pretty people need help or that mm. they're dumb which is something that's wild in the workplace, right? Because you see somebody that's attractive, you assume that they're trustworthy, yes, but in a lot of senses, you also think that they're not as smart or as deserving of the position as somebody else might be. Or maybe they're more. I don't know how like that how that would play out, but it's wild to think that like just because somebody's attractive, people assume that you're more trustworthy, people are more willing to help you, but they also mm-hmm. assume that you need the help. That's the other thing, really. It's that um, beauty versus brains fight that we, as women, are always just uh, forced to join. And why can't I be both beautiful and smart? Right. The two are not mutually exclusive. Right. You know, we've grown up, we grew up around some very strong, highly educated women. There was no difference between the men and the women. So we're used to that environment and i don't think that we come from a place where we would assume that about people even though naturally everyone's biased in some ways everyone's like mildly prejudiced in some ways i'm sure once in a Mm -hmm. while i see somebody that's like attractive and i'm like "Mm -hmm, i'll help you because you're hot you know but at the same time like i feel like yeah still do it but like i feel like we still i don't know it's easier to hmm, how do i put this it's harder to understand why people make that jump of x is attractive therefore is trustworthy or x is attractive and therefore needs help when you've come from an environment where they're smart and they're capable but they may mm-hmm. be ugly or not ugly so i like you know what i mean like it's like the perception is still there even though your own memories are not necessarily of just attractive people being that way that confuses me Mm-mm. but i think as a pretty girl i i would be left in this state of confusion how how genuine are these connections I'm making? I'm making, especially when I don't have my own sense of, I don't have my community like right there n- nearby to give me that sense of feedback. Right. I think that, especially in the workplace, if someone is trying to be my friend, and I'm not sure whether their intentions are good or bad, I could easily text a friend and say, "Hey, you know this person's out here. They're trying to get to know me. You." what's your feel or what's your take on that mm-hmm. and i can easily easily get some feedback of right. uh that person might just want to be around you because you're fine or oh no that person's really valid and that's cool that they want to be friends with you mm-hmm. but i feel like in the workplace it's a little bit different because ideally everyone's going in there with a professional mindset but ideally ideally but because workplace romances are a thing you can't completely rule it out yeah i mean some people go to work just to find husband does it so the amount of i mean we know people who started x y and z Z job because they knew they'll find a fine husband that makes Mm. money that that's really it's that there are even people who are going to certain schools so not because they themselves want to be educated but they know that they will find their very educated husband there Essentially, very expensive matrimony matching. Mm-hmm. A very, very expensive certificate of husbandry acquire, acquisition. <laughs> Husband acquisition. I said husbandry. Isn't husbandry like the, 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 the um, cultivation of livestock? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a, certifi- it's a certificate 
of husband acquisition. It's not a degree at that point. I mean, the school that I went to, uh, where I went for undergrad, that's pretty much what it was. People went there because they wanted to find an Ivy League husband. And it's with the workplace, and especially if you are a career woman and you are trying to build a career for yourself and a name for yourself. Because there's some ladies who, if you if you just want to go there and find your husband, go and find. Right. Nobody's abusing you for that. Get it how you can get it, girl. We can't shame you in a world where, you know, dating is difficult. And that's why we didn't talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. But if you're somebody who's there who's trying to work and actually get good at your craft and you just so happen to be a fine babe, it can read like it can mess with you mentally, Mm -hmm. especially because we all know that at the end of the day, building a career is not solely just based on the work. It's based on building connections. Mm -hmm. It's based on just knowing the right people. And being attractive is some is one of many things that can get you really far. I think I think this idea is a good idea, especially at our age where we're still very young in the industry. I'm only I've only been working full time now for like two years, like coming up on two years. That's not a lot of time. Mm -hmm. If you're a fine girl and you're going through and some and you see some man or some lady because, you know, we don't discriminate on here. No, we don't that's there and like oh yeah i think that's a really like good point like i think we should definitely include you in more meetings and you're the kind of person who's normally known to just attract attention because of how strikingly attractive you are how beautiful you are it can mess with you because you don't know like did i actually have a good idea right do they just want to be around me because i'm fine Mm -hmm. does it does it even matter does it matter how i get it and i mean because to an extent, not really, but that's a, a lot of the same like moral um, thought process that I think gets associated with like OnlyFans people. Right. Where it's like, if I'm still at the end of the year in my OnlyFans account grossing millions of dollars, does like, do I even really care about going back to the, like the nine to five industry, knowing right. that at most I'll maybe make a hundred K and that's not even after taxes. And that, I mean, the pandemic did a kind of did a good thing for people in that too. Right. Because then you're forced to work from home and like, not, not me calling myself fine or not fine, but I remember like when remote work started, I actually felt a bit more comfortable because the company I was working at before was well, the company I'm working at is primarily guys. It's a male-dominated um, j- job, and it's a male-dominated department. And I had friends, and then there were also people who I wasn't sure if they were friends, or I wasn't sure what their intentions were, and then there were people who were like, I definitely knew their intentions, and I definitely steered clear. But being able to work from home was like a little blanket of security, right? Because I was like, able to actually get my work done and collaborate with people and meet new coworkers and not really have that issue of are they interacting with me just because they want to get close to me for, for, um, with ulterior motives, right? Yeah. As opposed to actually trying to get this work done because I'm just trying to get this work done and go home because I hate this job. So. And on top of that, if I'm someone who, say, wants, wants to be recognized for my work or I want to make sure that at the end of the day it's the work that's getting the shine mm-hmm. and not how fine I am, then am I willing to show up to work not looking as fine like yeah making some very strategic steps maybe like not really not even putting on the small makeup that i put on dressing a little bit 
less body hugging, less fitting clothes. Yeah. You know, am I willing to give up the advantage, the several advantages that I'm likely to gain just for that added security of anything that I do present has a little bit more like depth behind it. Like it has that like substance of, I know that this is a good idea or I know that I'm surrounding myself with people who would only let me, propose and pitch good ideas right not just because i'm the most attractive person or they want to get with me or they just want to be like around me that they're making they're they're putting me in the spotlight yeah i mean it's wild to think that because you're attractive the choices that you make when it comes to getting dressed in the morning end up having a larger impact on the rest of your work day like if you typically wear makeup and then decide one day not to wear makeup to work people are going to come up to you and be like are you tired is everything okay? Are you sick? Like, is everything fine? Or like you dress a little bit more casual as opposed to like if you usually dress up and stuff and people like look at you, like they pay more attention because they're used to looking at you already. Where it's like, you're not, if you're not particular, like if you're not conventionally pretty, that's not the level of attention to detail that they're going to give you. Like, it's weird. Like, why are you paying so much attention to my outfit? Fish your fronts. They should, but like again, as like as a fine babe, that's one of the things that you don't really get that security blanket unless you're you are very intentional about not highlighting your beauty in certain ways. Right. But then you risk you risk one taking away an advantage that might be the difference because <clears throat> especially in the corporate world, mm-hmm. you don't know what will be the thing that gives you the edge. Yep. And it. And not to say that you aren't qualified in your job and that you aren't smart or that you aren't brilliant, but it might be the fact that you're just really fine. That, that just puts helps. you in the room yeah. that you need to put in where your smarts can shine. And so you keep going back and forth with like, do I still keep this advantage knowing that I might have some really like negative um, experiences with my coworkers? Or do I loosen the reins a little bit more and give myself that security? But I may or may not have a really hard dose of reality to like how good I am at my job. And it's tough, especially when you're a young professional, because you're still trying to find your place. Exactly. Like on top of all of this. Yeah. On top of these, all all of these very confusing dynamics, you're still just trying to figure out whether this is the job for you, whether this industry works, whether you like this company, like on top of all of that, you're still now getting eyed by people and being like, she didn't wear heels to walk today. What's wrong with her? <laughs> no, she there didn't are people. No, 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 no. But there are companies in Nigeria. There are companies in Lagos where they expect the women to wear heels to work. Mm. Which rude? Have you ever worn heels before? Bitch? They're, they're painful, and it's not the block heel that they want you to start no, wearing. No, they want you to wear pointy stiletto, pointy toe stilettos that are greater than three inches. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, those aunties that are making those comments are the same ones wearing kitten heel with uh, with peep toe. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna need you to not disrespect kitten heels. Kitten heel kitten- with peep too. That is the. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know some people are into kitten heels. I get it. Actually, I don't. Let me rescind that. I, 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 I can appreciate it from afar. However, I personally think that kitten heels and peep toes separately are revolting. Combined, they make the worst type of shoe that exists. I don't- Ever. It let doesn't me, make anybody's leg look nice. It. No, it is let me not pitch tall it enough like to make your calves look nice. It makes your toes look funky. They look like they're crawling out. And usually when you have peep toe, it makes your toes look like they're hanging over the front. I'm sorry. So peep toe and kitten heel never works. 
I'm not, and neither I, of them work I'm, separately. I'm not going to argue for that combination. I don't have that. But hmm. I will, as an argument for the kitten heel, Mm-mm. I will say that I don't like flats. I think flats are flats so are ugly. Flats are ugly. Kitten heels should be what flats are. No. That's. Neither should like be, period. No. You know, you just, you don't necessarily want to pain your leg, but you also want to, you know, do a little something and wear a little bit of a heel. You dress up a little bit more. You can wear loafers. You can wear sneakers. Like, there's so many things. You can wear but mules. Like, you can wear mules to work now. That is acceptable. Show off your heel. Show off that crusty, un- <laughs> unpedicured... <laughs> dry flaky heel show up that heel but do not wear a kitten heel and do not wear peep toe i will wear kitten heels around you this year please don't i will disown you i will i will make sure to do it when i'm in your city in new york it will hurt your ankles too it's not kitten heels are not structurally sound (laughs) you can't convince me that they're structurally sound but you know we digress we digress but kitten heels are horrible anyway i think the as a if as a girl putting on her pretty girl her pretty girl goggles and not um, kitten heels jesus and <laughs> no because that's an ugly babes thing kitten heels, the pretty girls they don't, they don't no do they're not a pretty babes thing or an ugly babes thing they are a nobody <laughs> thing they're not a thing <laughs> Kitten heels are for nobody except maybe the devil himself. In fact, maybe that's what ah. made Satan, Satan fall. Okay, maybe he saw a pair of kitten heels and thought, hmm, this shit changed my wow. life. Maybe because of these heels, I could be an inch over God. That's probably mm. what it was. That's what it was. It was the kitten heel. You've heard it here first, folks. Ghetto Bible study. <laughs> the fall of Satan. Is that, is of kitten- not that is <laughs> not, not a ghetto, ghetto Bible, Bible study. study. We did not ever read the Bible. Because <laughs> that was a Bible study. Okay, sorry. Please, no. Let me but go I digress. Back to, go back to talking to these babes. You know, I think that the if I if I was a pretty girl, and I am today, I think the biggest thing I worry about is perpetuating standards. Mm. Of even if at the end of the day it's a dog-eat-dog world and I've got to give myself that added advantage. And in a lot of ways, I feel like I... I do with the things that I can as, you know, let me put my ugly babes hat back on. Hmm. I'm going to put it away. This is the only time it comes out today. Today is pretty girl season. But um, from an ugly babes perspective, like I market the fact that I'm a woman in tech. I market the fact that I'm a black woman in tech. Mm -hmm. I market the fact that I'm an international black woman from tech, that I'm from Nigeria. Like I, I will beat that horse till it's dead. Mm. Even if I, even if I have to, I will bring up Ikorokuru. Let them My know God. that I'm not one of the Yoruba, Ibo, or Hausa okay, people. My own is. I, I, I am unique. I'm a minority of a minority. Mm. <laughs> of a minority. Hmm. <laughs> and so I, I get it. I absolutely understand if you are someone who wants to like show off that privilege and there's no hate from there's no hate coming here. I think that if I'm putting on my pretty girl goggles and I know that me looking a certain way of work can both bring in a lot more to gain, but also now I have to, I may now have to question the credibility of my work and I might be putting myself, I may unknowingly be like setting myself up to create that same precedent. So like, I just wonder 
it, like, am I perpetuating bad standards? Is this right. something that I want to go on? Because not, not every tradition is a good tradition. Mm-hmm. And yes, we live in a capitalistic society. And I think that part of what we want to do in this podcast is keep it real. At the end of the day, we don't want to get lost in academia. We want to be real about the fact that they, like, this is, this is corporate America. You get it how you can get it. Mm-hmm. But certain things are not worth getting. And I think that with a lot of the podcasters and YouTubers I've been watching and listening to lately, I'm starting to ask myself questions of what things should not carry over to the next generation? And what are some things that are okay to like let slide or like little things that I can let go of, like people making passing comments or wanting to assume certain things about right. me and is being pretty is being a fine babe. One of those things that I want in the future mm. to carry over to the next generation of, of things that could give me that added advantage. Should it matter? And like, of course, if you're in an industry where it matters, then it matters. Right. For the fine babes, you are left with having to make, some sort of moral stance mm. in this moment and then nobody and this is you just coming out you just finished university you just showed up here nobody you didn't ask anybody for all of this attention it's just coming to you but now you're being forced to have to make a stand on what kind of attention you do or don't want to attract it, and it's unfair it continues the cycle like i'm even thinking even further down the road if mm. i want to be a mom right if I'm someone who's very attractive and knows that being very attractive are what gave me that added edge in corporate, in, in the workplace, then that's something that I'm definitely going to pass down to my daughter. Okay, even if I don't believe that your beauty is what defines you, the world is saying that the beauty is what defines Ooh. you. And I need you to, while of course like finding your own mix of it i need you to always make sure that you are conventionally attractive when you put yourself out in public because it could be a make or break situation it could be what allows you to let's say in a pinch have a cab driver give you a ride for free versus them just blowing the smoke in your face Mm -hmm. oh my gosh yeah i feel like we raise children or raise up like the next generation younger people with the the lessons learned, but the negative, like the, the downsides, you know what I mean? Like we raised them yeah. in like a survival sense where it's like, yes, it, that's, it's the same mentality as to why we tell girls to cover up when they're walking around outside as opposed to telling mm-hmm. people not to like assault and rape women. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it's a protective thing. It's instinctive. Exactly. We're trying to protect our own cause that's the only thing we can control. And it's wild that beauty and perception are also things that, influence how we raise kids and it's never from a it's it it is often from a standpoint standpoint of be beautiful in who you are own your beauty accept your beauty but it can also then in a more like um indirectly sinister way be like you kind of need this to survive because i remember like even now going through this period of of work and trying to find myself and trying to make certain friends there when I'm meeting a new friend, when I'm like meeting like a, like a a potential new connection. Mm -hmm. Yes. I want to put my best foot forward, but the way that I dress to go to your house, even if I want to dress nice is different than how I'm dressing for somebody who 
I want to like attract and see me positively. Right. Even if it's not, I don't want to say like an untrue version of myself. Cause I do, I love to do like the extreme. I, I like to think I'm a person with range. Come on. But range. it doesn't, it's not, it's a lot further from where I, my equilibrium actually sits. Mm-hmm. We're in the land of academia. So let's just do it. Mm. I think that we create a very dangerous precedent when we keep teaching that being a certain level of attractive is what could make or break you in certain situations and reinforcing it by like, well, I did it. And so it was true. Mm. And so I'm going to pass it down to my children and Mm -hmm. it's going to keep being true until we make it not true until we instill like, I guess like in this place, like in the workplace or whether that's something that you're doing personally of making the decision. I'm going to present myself in a certain way so that my, my looks aren't what is being focused on. Mm-hmm. It is my skill, my wit, my intuition, how like, you know, your something. charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent. Sorry. Right. I had to put that in there. Yes. Go watch. Drag exactly. Race. Um, but it's those things that are being highlighted. And that's the reason why I deserve my quote unquote shine mm-hmm. sitting in my pretty girl goggles. I also wonder, does it even matter? At the end mm. of the day, if I'm still able to get the come up, yeah, it comes with some with some unwanted attention, but it doesn't matter what skin I was born in. There's going to be some there's going to be some hurdle I had to jump mm. over. If this is my hurdle, then so be it. As long as I can get mines and I can protect my family, does it really matter how I'm able to have that come up? Right. If I was who I am, but very but I had been conventionally attractive the entire time. I would say no. Mm. I would say, you know what? I'm just getting. You have your smarts. I have this face. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's what. What I think, like, the if you could, if you can sit down and say, I have the option of being a model. Like, honestly, sit with yourself and be like, mm, yes, I have the option yeah. of being a model and like being pretty for a living. Wouldn't Why would you? you go to business school? I mean, like, why, why am I in grad school? Why can't I just, like, be pretty? Facts. This kind of feels like, this, this brings me back to, um, I think it was maybe our first or second episode where we were talking about, why can't I just marry rich? Why do I have that's to be it. smart? That's why can't it. I just be a model? Why can't I just, well, and, and that's like saying that modeling is easy, which it's not. It's that's not. not the point I'm trying to make. It's more of, why can't I just have a lifestyle built off of my physical persona? Yes rather than one built off of my intellectual side which it's not like no the the two aren't being engaged obviously we have friends who are influencers we have friends who work on work in tv we have friends who work friends we have black friends who are just stunning um but like and for them and for those beautiful friends they're still engaging their intellectual side but there is a heavy amount of it that is dependent on them being attractive and that's what helps them gain their following and that's what helps them make money you know, you've never seen an ugly drag queen. You've never seen an ugly influencer. Mm. What sucks sitting from this perspective is that I would never give up the advantage. And I would make sure that my daughter knew, if my daughter looks anything like me, that, girl, I know you don't like to beat your face like that, but mm. you're going to learn how to beat this face just in case. Damn. Just in case it might be the difference between $100,000 and $200,000. Yeah. Between a baller shot collar and, you know, a semi-baller. Right. 
occasionally make some decisions. My God, <laughs> that that was too low. But and that's that's the other thing is that it's not we're not saying that there's a negative effect to not being pretty in making these specific statements, which there is a negative effect to not being pretty. But in these specific statements, we're talking about the added benefits. Not even I don't even think this is I don't think see this as an added benefit. I think being that, pretty and it making you an extra hundred k. Of course, that's an added benefit. Are you kidding no, me? No, of course that part is an added benefit. I'm talking about making that moral decision because oh, then that right. okay. says something about you as a person. Yeah, you can say that you kind. You can say, oh my gosh, I'm so friendly. Yeah, but at the end of the time, at the end of the day, you you're gonna use this face to get certain opportunities, and you know that. Yeah, and I think that. I'm glad that I don't necessarily sit in that privilege because I'm not like I'm scared about I, I know what decision I'd make. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's not that I wouldn't know what decision I'd make. I know what decision I'd make. I'm afraid of what it's going to say about the kind of person I am. Right. I'm afraid of what it's going of about the dynamic it's going to create with my friends. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, we have friends who like leverage their beauty when it's convenient mm-hmm. for them but then i mean I, I can't speak for you i'll let you speak after this but for me i know that those are friends that they're i only invite them in certain spaces mm. it's not everywhere that i'm taking those people it was especially when it's an event when i am supposed to or i am trying to have the shine right i would never like there are certain friends like i love mm-hmm. you i love you ten toes down i think you're one of the coolest people but if i'm trying to attract guys if i'm trying to go to clubs and like look for people or if i'm trying to get like a certain position at work or like this is a moment that's about me and i know that whenever i'm around you it becomes about you Mm. and you've made it a habit Mm -hmm. that you're willing to leverage that to get things that you want but i'm not gonna bring but isn't that a personality thing rather than an attractiveness thing when it comes down to it it's a personality thing that you only have to deal with when you're attractive. Mm. An ugly babe doesn't have to do with that. Right. Damn. I have the kind of face where in certain rooms I walk in and I know I'm going to get looks. Um, I know that people are going to think I'm attractive in certain spheres. And in other spheres, I know people are going to look right past me. And I think that it's kind of giving me a very different approach, look at the world um, when it comes to what how you're your attractiveness can be used as a as a benefit because I think because my, I'm not like I'm pretty but not conventionally pretty in that way when people notice that I'm pretty I get a lot more like drastic attention and then mm. when people don't I just I'm like everybody else if that makes sense it's not the kind of situation where I'm like Bella Hadid and everywhere she walks around people like praise the ground she steps on right it's more of like there are certain circles where like I do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that in itself is a kind of a scarring experience because you play this game of, okay, is this going to be where they actually pay attention to me for my face or not? And then mm. in the situations where you want people to pay attention to you for your face or not, it's like there's still a 50-50 chance that they won't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that whole perception is still very much like my mentality is built in from where I went to school, like those formative years of high school and being that black girl who wasn't the most pretty and wasn't like wasn't popular in like very specific spheres that it it shaped how i saw how i 
thought people saw me because I knew the people that were popular. I knew what the girls who were popular and sought after looked like. And I definitely wasn't that. But Mm. in the moments where I did get attention, I was confused about how that's possible because I looked so drastically different from them. But then on the other hand, I was still being called thing like still like, you know, African booty scratcher or like, oh, her skin is like so dark or whatever. Or, oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't date her. She's black. But then on the other hand, you're also getting she's pretty for a black girl or I've never dated a black girl before. Or like, wow, you're so pretty for an African like that. That messes up a child. Like, that messes Mm -hmm. up a child. And I'm still dealing with that. But it's weird that... It's weird that... These sorts of revelations can only come with... A very strong sense of self-awareness. Of knowing... Not just yourself, but how other people see you. And I feel like that's something... That self-awareness is something... I think we mentioned this in the last episode. That level of self-awareness is something that comes to... Unconventionally pretty people a little earlier than conventionally pretty people but when it does come to conventionally pretty people it hits them harder (laughs) it hurts more this is me putting me on my pretty girl um goggles Mm. when i came up with this this was Mm -hmm. not from the listeners this is just me plus malika but she came very much malika (laughs) she we came to this separately which we'll but, we'll also like tag her handle and everything so you can you can yes stalk her gawk at her because she's fine as hell like objectively subjectively like as beautiful we'll come back to that i wonder if fine babes get the chance at quality friendships or if they're constantly fearing the moment that their privilege runs out and they're no longer useful past what their looks can offer them and this is something this was me looking a little bit for the past we're in our 20s right so this is probably the most attractive we're in the place where we are the we're the finest babes around oh my god we're the finest babes i don't know if we i don't know whether to be excited for that or sad but we are at like our most evolutional evolutionary evolutionary Come back to that word, English. No, let's look. Let's look it up now. Evolutionarily, I, I'm gonna. I'm I mean, telling you, it's evolutionarily. And if you look it up, I think I'm right. I trust you. So evolutionarily, I think that we are at our most attractive. Obviously, I do not believe that to actually like be true. Like you can be attractive and be in like B40 or B30 or B50 or B mm. whatever. I was right. I at, looked it up. It's actually a word. Evolutionarily, we're at our most attractive. Then. As we phase out of this place, as we grow older, as we become, as we start hitting our 30s, as we start hitting that, as we start, you know, moving towards parenthood or towards more career success or towards marriage, what happens to the pretty girl who wasn't able, like who, who leveraged her fineness? They, you know, they're doing couple strips. You're not, you're uninvited. My or, God. Are you saying you're washed out at 32? Is that what saying, you just said? I'm not saying you're washed out. I'm okay, saying good. that I'm people, just clarifying for people who listen because we have 32 year olds who listen and we're not trying to drag you. <laughs> no, I'm saying something yet. potentially even worse. I'm saying oh, that no. if you are an attractive person who has leveraged your beauty like so much that you risk finding out 
as you get older that the friends you think you had weren't actually your friends. The same way that you were using your beauty for a come up, people were using their relationship with you or their proximity to you as a come up. Yeah. And you're going to basically wake up and find out that you didn't even really have friends like that. Mm Mm-hmm. That and the like, same people who were like, oh my gosh, girl, let's go out, yes, to the club, yes, but the minute that your car breaks down and you're calling, hey girl, you know, I'm just, oh, sorry girl, I'm going through a tunnel, oh, no. I didn't really hear you all that well, but, um, you know, call me wet back when you want to go out sometime or grab a drink, you know, like, like, when you start phasing out of, like, just being the most desirable and mm-hmm. being in a place where your desirability can and is very much leveraged do you do you i feel like i'd be a little bit scared because right. that's the real test of was i actually a good friend mm-hmm. was i a, a good member of my community because now not to say the beauty isn't still there i'm not even to say that 32 the beauty will leave but the beauty starts to it starts to get re-evaluated if mm-hmm. re-evaluated mm-hmm. at that age because at those points where your beauty lies in the ranking of things people are looking at is drastically different than beforehand, than where we are right now. And I feel like as a fine babe, I'd be a little bit scared. I need, I like, I need to start making sure that I'm having quality friendships. Right. And it was cool that when you reached out to Malaika, that she had some like very similar points as well. Yeah. I mean, just to, I guess to quote her exactly, she said like, you're forced to be more discerning because people just want to be in proximity to you. So you're forced to figure out people's intentions. That's when you're pretty, right? So clearly like there's something about being that level of attractive at that age where you're fun, you're thriving, you're growing into your career, you're growing into yourself as a woman, you're beautiful and somehow you're you're attracting other people whether it's friends or like potential lovers but that's what i was saying about that Mm self-awareness is there's a certain wisdom that comes with being a child of god that allows you to have that self-awareness a little bit earlier but anyone can have that anyone can come to that level of self-awareness right where you realize that the people who are around you may not necessarily be around you because they actually care about knowing who you are, getting close mm-hmm. to you. It's more that they want to like live off of the warmth of your hotness, right? Yes. And like use that as social sustenance to get them like other friends, meet like go to other clubs, like meet new people, get other jobs, have doors open to them that would ordinarily not be open to them if they weren't around that pretty person. Mm-hmm. And that that's shitty like malika's one of the malika's one of the strongest and most wise people i know and like we went to high school together so all of this i'm saying of like the whole you're pretty for a black girl all of that a lot of that is a very similar experience for her too i can't spe- i'm not going to speak for her but we went to that kind of school where there were very few black girls um and i think that like what even from the conversation that I had with her, she's somebody who grew into her wisdom at a very early age, very young. Mm. And I think that that is something that has allowed her to do well in her career and has allowed her to do well as an 
a creative as an influencer but also just as somebody who she worked in corporate like that kind of thing it's yeah. a lot to do successful uh, to be successful because she's had that self-awareness she knows herself she knows her assets she knows her her intelligence and she's able to market that she's able to network and meet people she's also really quickly able to filter out trash like you will know very early if Malika does not like you and she can tell very quickly if people are just trying to leech off of her and she does not tolerate it like you're you're forced into that and I feel like she's been she's been like that for as long as I've known her I've known her for like almost 10 years I think you know if we're if we're going to end this pretty girl pitfalls stage because you know I want to spend the entire time just like talking about our downs. I also want to focus on the ugly babes. Yeah, as funny. My, as my uh, counter um, self refer to them as. Are you still sure pre- are you still putting on your pretty girl voice? Is that what this is? Yes, I, okay. I want to let the listeners know cool. where I'm sitting right mm-hmm. now. But but as as you know, some some final thoughts on at least this side. I I would say that like you should really use this opportunity to learn from your ugly babes friends. Mm-hmm. they have a lot to offer you in one just that level of self-awareness and knowing who around you is genuine versus who around you is just trying to play these games i like to classify them as the people who want your help with their homework and or project God. versus the people who intentionally make you comfortable mm-hmm. all of my nerves what up i see you <laughs> Stop. You all know that there were some people who tried to be nice and kiki with you just because you knew the answers. Yeah. You were the one probably getting the 98s and the 99s. You were the one fucking up the curb for everybody. And so they were trying to make sure that they got in with you so that they could pass this class. Versus <laughs> the people who genuinely just wanted to be around you and made you feel comfortable. And maybe you shared that you know, the homework answers with them, but maybe you didn't. Right. But it didn't affect your friendship. Your friendship was going to stand regardless mm-hmm. of how you did or did not benefit their life directly. And I think that pretty girls assemble. Hmm. This is. <laughs> she said Avengers assemble. <laughs> I have, I've had it with you. You are not a superhero. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like being pretty is a power. It's a superpower. Oh, my God. I do. Oh, my Lord. I hold that. <laughs> but, yes, I think that, you know, pretty girls, this is something you can be learning from your ugly babe's friends. They can be showing you how to peep all of this, and they let you, and they will be your accountability partners if you do it right, because they'll hold you accountable. And they'll give you that security that comes in so that you're able to wield your beauty wisely. Of course, using it as a tool, but feeling like you can let your guard down and you can have friends who you feel are running the race that we call life for the long haul. Yeah. And as a disclaimer, this isn't us saying that people who are pretty or conventionally pretty are vapid or that they're only using their pretty and not their brains. That's not it at all. This whole discussion has been from a perspective of growth for everyone involved, but in particular for people who lean primarily on that pretty, um, their, on their physical appearance. Because um, it's, it's really easy to... As a personality trait. It's really easy that's, to that's lean into it, it when you have it. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's easier to, to make 
the the decision to only see it as a personality trait to leverage it whenever you absolutely can in the corporate place regardless of the backlash that may or may not come right to make to have that be the forefront in building your friendships and having people always coming to you and you not going out and trying to make friends it's very easy to lean into that and there were some friends that i needed to have that hard conversation of look i've seen who you are as a person and what you have to offer past this but you are letting this thing keep you and act as a shield whether that's at work and saying like i need to just put this project out and Mm -hmm. hope that I am smart enough or I'm capable enough or I'm the best person for the job or with my friends, I need to just be who I am and lean into my personality, whatever that may be. And if they want to be my friend, cool. But if not cool, you're leaning too much in the fact that you are pretty and people want to do that for you anyways, that you're not willing to do the work. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like Iyanla, bitch. I mean, you, (laughs) Yanla, fix my life. Isn't that that show? That's that show, yes. right? <laughs> I feel like Yanla today. that show on DSTV and be like, who's Yanla? <laughs> Not Yanla. <laughs> I saw it on DSTV. I didn't know she wasn't Nigerian. So I was like, who's Yanla? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like such a Nigerian Doesn't name. it? <laughs> yeah. What would Yanla be short for? I don't know. Like mm. I feel like that's the name, is Iyanla. Like there's mm. like some local language. Mm. Stop! Don't add, <laughs> don't don't try and yourbize it. it the, the, don't try and yourbize the name. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> My know, lord! You know that it rolled off. It rolled off the tongue. Mm. It moved it too nicely. I don't like that. We have we are continuing. Um, now we're just gonna we want it the same way that. Um, my other personality made space to talk mm. about us um, when, and as she's, you know, from her ugly babes perspective. I think that I would like to take some time and also acknowledge some of the pretty privilege that we think some of the quote unquote ugly babes benefit from that we've noticed. Should I start? Go. For can I? It. Can I start? All right. So, um, one of the things that I thought of, but also like got feedback from our listeners, y'all, about this, was when you're not conventionally pretty, when you're ugly, you ha- you get, like, very limited, unwanted attention, right? And as somebody who's Nigerian, that's a very beautiful thing, right? Like, so just something as simple as, like, you walk down a road and people don't harass you or catcall at you or be like, sis, fine girl, sis, babes. Sister, Santi, Alpha, fine girl, come here. Let me see you. When you're not convention, no, you're not conventionally pretty. Like that, the the amount that that happens reduces. It's not zero. It's It's not not, zero because Nigerian men are not Nigerians are not like that. Okay, can never be zero. I still have no faith in Nigerian men, but actually, all men, not all men. Even if you're somebody who's pretty. If you put on a hoodie and a mask and you wear some like worn down sweatpants and some old sneakers, people are going to pay less attention to you. Not necessarily. Not me saying that ugly people are wearing a mask, a sweatshirt and ugly sweatpants. That's not what I'm saying. But there's a limit to the amount of attention you're going to get 
um from especially like people if you're you a don't babe want it with, from if you're a babe with a body honestly i don't even know how you can move to this world in peace if you're they a can't babe, only problems can't. <laughs> <laughs> you must be pursued everywhere that you go yes but like but, and i mean yeah. it's true like it's wild how just being fine makes some people think that they're entitled to talking to you and that they're entitled to your attention and that they're entitled to your time. Because of course, if you're pretty, you only exist for the male gaze. Fight me. Gaze. (laughs) Okay, I'm not actually saying that, but like, you see what I mean. Like, the long and short of it is in some people's eyes, if you're pretty, you are asking for it, right? you mm-hmm. that's what you're here for is to be looked at to be gawked at and to be catcalled which is wild that yeah like why is that gets how big <laughs> long and short right so for women how much we get noticed is as much as a of a downfall as is as it is a privilege right so certain situations you want attention a lot of situations you really don't like i don't want to be noticed walking around in these new york streets at 9 p.m Girl. no thank you no thank you like school school sends these emails that's part of the thing that frustrates me about winter is that the sun sets really early and so we get these emails from school every basically every week that's like um like campus alert robbery campus alert burglary campus alert assault and these things are happening at like six in the evening because it's dark outside as somebody who is a small black woman who lives alone i don't need to be followed around at night thank you it's it's a it's a safety risk like yeah. genuinely i mean obviously this is something that every woman regardless of how i you was look, just about to say fundamentally every woman has this concern which men. Yeah, so, sorry but guys. <laughs> sorry for our men listeners. we know men. that this one does not really apply to you as much but it's good that you hear it men let me put my ugly baby's parts back up yeah. i like the fact that i could butch up Mm-hmm. And go unnoticed if I need to. And I'm saying this as a like a five nine like babe. I'm a tall babe. Like I, I already kind of moved through the world, when people notice gathering attention. Big. But because I like you the tall, idea. you big, and you fine as hell. You can find me about this later. As I was saying, I like the idea that if I wear baggy enough sweatpants and a hoodie, and I. I'm very strategic with how I style my hair. If I style my hair, if I show my hair, if I wear a hat versus a beanie, if I'm mm-hmm. wearing glasses, like if I wear a mask versus not, if you know I don't brush my eyebrow that day, hmm. it's very easy for me not to say like look like a dude, but look questionable enough where people let me kind of live. Mm. And I think that safety is not afforded to somebody who is so pretty. Because here's at, at the end of the day, I think that if you are somebody who is truly a fine babe, there's nothing that can, you can really do to hide your fineness. Because look at the way that some dudes be simping over girls in sweats. Yeah, that's true. But from a safety perspective, when you're just trying to get where you're trying to go, when you yeah. have tasks, you need like, to check I'm off just, your list. I'm just trying to go to Trader Joe's and get some eggs because I forgot to get eggs earlier. I don't need to be followed and potentially assaulted. Thank you very much, sir. Like, this is a story time from, you know, an ugly babe's perspective. Even though this is the pretty girl episode. I know I said this the last time. Please, oh, forgive me. 
I remember this was the night that my wallet and my house keys got stolen, where we had gone out to this spot called. Should I mention it? Don't mention it. We went to this spot called Bijou. We went out. Oh, yeah. I remember the story. We were drinking. We were dancing. It was honestly such a fun time. We we all head out. We grab our coats, our bags. We get in the Ubers. We go to our respective homes. I live the furthest away, so I was the last stop on the Uber. They drop me off. I go to, you know, fish around my bag for my keys, which are attached to my wallet. Bad move. One Mm. move that I have never made again. My wallet... And my keys are separate. So mm-hmm. that not when they're stealing one, they steal the other. At least let them just steal one. I didn't have a way to get into my apartment. And at the time, my friend, um, Mayawa, who hadn't moved into this building at that point. Mm. So I was I didn't know anybody else in this building. There was no way for me to get in until morning. I still I booked another Uber. I went back to the club. I said, God, please, maybe I'll see my wallet. Maybe I'll see my keys if I go back and I just ask around. Maybe I just dropped it. Maybe someone didn't actually fap it. So I go back. And the people there, they were nice enough. They waited till like the night was over. They searched everywhere. And unfortunately, my things were nowhere to be found. Mm. Now, it's at this time, we start to panic. We're just spending money on Ubers anyhow. And I don't have a home to go to. So naturally, I'm starting to call the people who I went out with. Yep. And, you know, trying to look for a place to crash. But it was also like 2.33 a.m. at this point. Like, And, we and were this all is Boston, like, so everything closed. So everything was closed, but we were also tired. Like, I know myself, when I got back from the club, I'm not even looking at my phone. I just remove my makeup, wash my face, and go to bed. Mm-hmm. So I was calling people. Nobody was answering. There was, like, I essentially just didn't have a place to go. Like, eventually, I had gotten a hold of a friend of mine. She said I could stay. By the time I had gotten there, she had fallen asleep. Hmm. And my phone was dying. I think I know which friend that is. (laughs) (laughs) Because the same thing has happened to me. (laughs) By the time I got to her place, she was asleep. I did not fault her for this because, again, we were all out. This is the fault of the person that thiefed my things Mm -hmm. that's the person who deserves blame i don't blame her for not being awake at this time when we were all like drunk and out and about that day gallivanting gallivanting as the people say so i got there i got to i drove did another uber to her place and wasn't able to get a hold of her and wasn't able to get into her building so now i start to panic and legit i don't know whether it was just tiredness the fact that i was cheap and i didn't want to keep booking ubers with nowhere to really go with no idea of where i was going to go but i just started walking back to northeastern's campus because northeastern's campus is about like 30 minutes from 30 minutes from where my plane my friend was staying so i start walking at 3 Mm a.m in my club attire of course only my only saving grace is that i brought a big coat and i was wearing sneakers that day and pants we thank God. So you weren't freezing. So I wasn't freezing and I didn't, I looked like I came from the club, but I didn't look, I don't know. I have no idea how I looked. I was tired that mm. day. I mm-hmm. definitely looked like I had just been doing some night things and I was moving through these streets. Some night things. Some evening activities. My God. I'm not going to even say what you look, sound like, but keep going. <laughs> but I walk all the way to campus in the middle of the night from my friend's place to Snell Library, 
eventually, you know, I'm able to, I just start calling friends on my contact list. Someone picks up, I'm able to find a place to sleep for the night. That is a decision that I knew that I could make. One, because I'm a bigger person. Mm. There's no, no, like no one is just going to run up on me like that. Lucky. But also. I get run over trying to catch the train. So. But also as a self-proclaimed ugly babe, I like even at my club attire, I'm still not going to just be attracting people like that left, right and center. Like it's the attention is genuinely not going to be that much. And so in my mind, I didn't feel like nothing about walking at almost two. 30 oh my god my mom's going to listen to this and i know me i was like i was like your mom's <laughs> going to make you always going to make me laugh <laughs> when she hears this when she hears this she was there to pick me up the morning afterwards well, actually thank god i never had that moment in my mind of wondering is this unsafe like i, I had mm. it and it was very passing right. i just called a friend on the phone so that someone would be on the line with me and i just walked and that was really like that was where my safety concerns started and stopped. Right. If I was a, if I was a more conventionally attractive babe, if I was giving you um, skinny queen, skinny legend, if I was giving you a face, <laughs> you know, that launched would have been a thousand a ships, story. it would have been a totally different story. I would probably would have had to spend a, that kind of money to, to start moving myself, even if I didn't necessarily have it because it would be that much riskier to just be gallivanting through the streets of Boston, gallivanting. being fine. I love that word, gallivanting. It's so great. Gallivanting. So I definitely like back into my pretty girl mode. Mm. <laughs> I think that it, more than it being just um, a situation where it's annoying and it's frustrating, it can also be a very life or death situation. The last thing you do is that you say no or you you assert yourself in front of somebody who is a little bit a little bit something something is not correct <laughs> so <laughs> where it's a little bit something is not correct that's quite where the they point. just lost that you are distraught that broke that camel's back and all of a sudden you're now either in physical harm emotional or mental harm from what they'll say to you afterwards mm. It's like that, you know that TikTok audio where it's like, um, what's that song? But if you close your eyes and instead of showing eyes, it's like emotional damage, emotional damage, emotional damage. (laughs) (laughs) That's what that feels like. It really is. That's, that's exactly what it feels like. And I think that that's one thing. And I'm not saying, you know, ugly babes, just be out living your life out, please. exercise caution (laughs) don't do what i did what i did was very incorrect very wrong if i had the chance i would do it differently i would have just spent the money taken the uber back to campus and sorted myself there i didn't need to walk i don't think the money was that bad so many poor decisions Mm. but that was a poor decision that i had the privilege of making it all comes down to the extra attention you get if you're fine Mm. And that is that is a that's a privilege that you can have if you're not that conventionally pretty. Um, another one 
is like I was saying before when I was talking about like that conversation I had with Malaika was you have a better awareness of other people's intentions, right? You are a lot mm-hmm. more hip to what people, not necessarily just what people think about you, but what people want from interacting with you, right? Yes. So like speaking outside of a fetish, like to quote you, speaking outside of a fetish, you know what people like about you because they know they're either port hiding it or they make it a point to show that they value it as highly or, or more than beauty. Would you like, can you expand on that a little bit? If you're somebody who is an ugly babe, one thing that I've always gotten from my friends is like, you, you understand what's going on. Now that mm-hmm. might be the fact that I am an emotional robot and that I, oh, I constantly feel like I'm observing people and learning their traits and then trying to do it myself so that I too appear as a normal human being. The benefit to being a nerd and being an ugly babes who was also a nerd is I had to go through that phase of people who wanted me with an asterisk mm, of mm-hmm. with what I was able to offer them very early on yeah. and losing friendships once that need was fulfilled or mm-hmm. when I stopped offering that as like, Oh, you know, I think we should be friends, but you know, like let's do something other than like meet up and do homework. And then all of a sudden they don't want to meet up no more. Right. <laughs> and just being, having to, to face that life reality a lot earlier than like some of my friends who I would say are not like who who are conventionally attractive. Mm -hmm. I was not confident in what I had to offer and the value of what I had to offer. So I kept using it as a way to keep friends around where it was like, well, I at least know that I'm smart. So if I keep helping people out with their homework, maybe they'll let me continue to like hang out with the popular kids or whatever. Like even Mm -hmm. if it's going to be from this role, But then as I, one, started forging friendships where they didn't require that of me in order to consider me a friend or to consider or or to give me the love and attention and reassurance that I needed, I thought it was a very quick switch up between that and like, I'm sorry, I can't, I know that you want this thing from me and maybe I want to give it to you and maybe I don't, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't make me any less deserving of the things that I want from this relationship. Yeah. The question is just how early an age that comes in, but that is necessary to be able to succeed in the society where you are, whether you are or are not conventionally pretty, you have to be very aware of that. And the second that you gain that awareness, that's when you're able to really start loving yourself more. Mm -hmm. Or the person, I consider this the Lawrence of the two. Of the person who makes such a big show to say, oh, I value this strength that you have just as or like more importantly than whatever that is. Let's say you're a fine babe. I think that like I see you as like way more than like they make such a show of letting you know like, oh, I don't see you just for your beauty. I Mm -hmm. see you for this, that and third. And maybe it's true and maybe it's not. But it's the fact that they feel like they always have to point out to you that oh, look at me not making your strength or your very obvious strength, like the reason why I'm being friends with you. I'm friends with mm-hmm. you. Like, I'm different. I'm a hipster. Da, 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 da. God. Not no, I'm those... different. Yeah, I'm di- sorry. That's a great song. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. just surprised we've made it through this, however long this episode is, I didn't and you have not referenced a single song lyric. You I am me so proud. F- you are going to owe me money. I'm so proud. You're going to you're going to have to cash up me. I'm so proud. Babes are poor. That's 25 going a long way. 
So proud. Um, <laughs> this is why I believe if you're somebody, if you're an ugly babes, you need to find some fine babes friends. Not that you're around them just for their fineness. Of course, genuine, like generate relationships based on like genuine mutual attraction, right? Mm. The reason why I think I was able to get better at honing in those strengths was watching the fierceness that my fine babe friends had Mm, like mm -hmm. the way that they were able to basically do the same thing with their fineness and so i basically took that and copied that and inserted my strength there which for me was my personality and my intelligence right like i was able i was like okay i see like when they walk into a room they have a certain thing like they don't they don't necessarily like of course people tell them that they're pretty but they Mm -hmm. walk in already knowing that they that they're pretty they dress like they're the finest babe. Like, it could be this, it could be sweats. I'm still a fine babe and you know it. Right. The, I would say the way that fine babe energy gets expressed through ugly girl privilege is that you know how to set you some boundaries. Mm. You know how to hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Call me ugly. In fact, I want you to. My God. <laughs> but what you won't do is talk to me any old kind of way. Mm-hmm. What you won't do is walk up in my house thinking that you get a, a, B, or C just because you've arrived. Just because you are a fine boy doesn't mean that I'm going to do X, Y, or Z for you just right. because you're fine. Or just because you treat me nice. Or just because you do the bare minimum. Or just because you let me into a club or I get to sit at a table doesn't mean that I'm going to bend myself over backwards to start helping you move. Yeah. I feel like with that energy, we finally exhausted this topic. Yes. I feel like we've finally done it. I'm fucking done talking about this. Oh, my God. Not that it's stressing me out thinking about pretty versus ugly. It's just like forced me to think about my own place in the world in a very uncomfortable way. Like, yes, I'm fine. But like, do I really want to be like, you know, like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm done thinking about this fundamentally, like. I just want to sleep. Put my face mask on. It's ugly gal season up in here forever. You know, I walked in thinking that I I genuinely was not going to be as excited because I I knew I knew coming into this to this series which camp I mentally saw myself in mm. and physically saw myself mm-hmm. in. And I think that I didn't. I knew that my jovial persona come was on. not going was not going to let me be down about it i was always going to come into this with a good attitude and make a really good case for why it's it's okay to be in this camp but going through this i'm even more i'm like i'm properly gingered now i'm hmm. happy with where i am i'm it's happy with how folks. i'm happy with how i got I'm, I'm not happy with how i got here but i'm i'm happy that how the, the experience that shaped the kind of person I am has yielded such positive fruit. And that's the thing is also we're saying pretty and ugly, but we're talking in a conventional sense. There are so many people who are just absolutely gorgeous who may not be the same like Kardashian-esque um, conventionally pretty person that you see on Instagram all the time. And we're not saying that you can't also be living in this pretty camp. That's not it at all. It's... There's a self-awareness with knowing where you fall on that spectrum that 
is really necessary for being able to just like live life without letting other people bother you that this is one of the biggest crutches that we kind of feel and we don't talk about it and we aren't mm-hmm. as blunt about what like camp like you know we're here saying what camp you belong to this thing and sometimes everybody i don't like how women do the whole everybody's beautiful yes everybody's beautiful but there's not some- everybody's beyonce okay shut up facts like some of y'all are fine and some of us aren't mm. <laughs> and that's okay and that's okay, okay. But it's important for you to know where you stand so that you know how to move forward. If you're somebody who's peeping how people are treating you and maybe you're not the, the, the girl who's grabbing all the guys, listen to our ugly girl privilege episode. Learn how to, you know, finesse that and make it work for you and right. make sure that you're having quality people. If you're a fine babe and people are always being around you, but secretly you kind of ponder the, how it's going to affect your friendships, how it may affect your work. Mm. Listen to our Pretty Girl Privilege episode, then listen to this one again. Mm-hmm. We have some advice for you. We're here to help you make the best of it. Yes, we are. I think that the journey that both camps have to take are different. And that, of course, if you're a well-rounded person, you're going to see very solid advice in both. Not that we're here advising you. We're just talking about us. Yeah. But And so I, with that... Oh, yes. sorry. Go no, on. No, no, no. Let me not cut you off. No, Go. Go ahead. No, it's okay. You had a thought. <laughs> Finish your thought. Please speak. But at the end of the day, mm. you are beautiful. Come on. I, I feel like I know we've done this and we've been very brutally, we've tried to be very brutally honest with you guys, the listeners. But I'm here to tell you, like, you are. And I know, like, you see it in the ads and, and, campaign, and campaigns and all of that, but. You are beautiful. That's not what we're debating right now. There's so much about you that is attractive and sexy and things that make people want to be around you. And we're here in this series trying to get you to focus on that more, whatever Mm. that is. It could be physical beauty, but it doesn't have to be in order for Mm -hmm. you to learn how to move through this this world like you are a fine babe. You're beautiful. And we're just trying to help you, you know, we're just trying to let you know from our own past experiences how we've made it work for us. Esther, you should write a self-help book. Fix my life. I guess that's a that's a great place for me to ask you then. How are you trying to be a better person today? I'm trying to do a better job of not just seeing myself as like a black woman, but like as a beautiful one mm. and as one that's deserving of love and attention and reassurance and affection. Right. It has forced me to get comfortable seeing myself as attractive, even if I don't always feel that way. And knowing that attractive is not just limited to my physical beauty. I've had mm-hmm. to, I can't, I can't come up on here, say all this stuff and then not practice it in my life. That looks, that looks crazy. I look mad. Yeah. And I think that what I've loved that this, like going through this series with you has done for me is that it's forced me to, to see myself as attractive. I can't say this and be advising someone and then not take the advice myself. Yeah. 
That is very true. So I'll start taking my own advice. Good. Thank you. Please, auntie. It's time. <laughs> Fighting and screaming, but I'll mm-hmm. take it. Oluwadi. Oh, God. <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> just, just why? Like, yes, I'm Yoruba, but not everything needs to have Olua in front of it. But does your name not have Olua Stop in it. front of it? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. No, no. Please. Please. Does your name not have Olua? <laughs> yeah, witch. Stop it. the friend in my story does her name not have olua in front of it stop <laughs> oh my god not all yoruba people are the same not all yoruba not all yoruba but just several yorubas <laughs> just just some just some okay just some huh. how are you trying to be a better person today as much as i'd like to say i'm trying i'm not right That's now okay. And that's not because, hmm, how do I put this? There's still a lot in me that is struggling with my own self-image and self-confidence. And a lot of things I say in the last, this, this series of three episodes, I have to, like you said, take your own advice. I take my own advice. But yes. I also have to come to terms with everything I feel about how I look. Mm-hmm. and just be okay with it is that going to make me a better person probably not because i say some very nasty stuff to myself but i need to come to terms with it on that note <laughs> that was so sad i didn't think this was gonna end sad <laughs> so sad it's but okay i can still laugh at myself it, it, it is what it is you know what no it's not going to end on a sad note because oh no oh god what? you guys know what's coming next Oh yeah, plug the episode, plug the hand, plug the Instagram. We're so glad that you guys listened with us. We're so, mm. actually we're really glad that you stuck through this series with us. We thank you. God bless mm-hmm. you. <laughs> you sound like a me God. <laughs> God bless you, sir. But on that note, mm-hmm. if you wanna, if you like what we're saying, oh lord, if you think that our stories are funny, if you think mm-hmm. they're insightful, or if you just like the sound of our voice. us on instagram at our handle at abeg the pod a-b-e-g the p-o-d happy for you follow us on social media we're there <laughs> thank you for talking with me this is a, bit, a very long but rewarding series i think and i'm happy to have been able to talk to you esther always a pleasure to dive into this very deep topic we'll only continue with the fire from here god have mercy and thank you all for listening to us this has been another episode of a beg the podcast bye